Deke Shock. Deke Shock. Someone is smoking over there. Something we cats would never do. Filling their lungs with thick, dark hair. What a disgusting thing to do. Cats have nine lives with eight to spare. Humans have one. With none to barter. Why do they smoke? Why don't they care? Humans are smart, but cats are smarter. Listen to cats, you men and women. Take care of your lungs. They're only human. The American Lung Association, the Christmas Seal people. Jellicle cats come out tonight. Jellicle cats come one, come all the jellicle. They're good. Yeah, yeah they're, they're chocolate-covered Oreos. They're cinnamon white chocolate-covered Oreos. Put the sausage on it. My wife put together the most amazing smorgasbord. Put the yeah. sausage on it? Yeah. It's got cheese. stuff and everything. <laughs> cheese, put crackers. Put the sausage on it. I like Am it. I on Salamis. this? I can't hear myself. I can yeah. hear you. Oh, there it Say, is. That's okay. on you. What? Who? What? What? God damn it. God damn it, Andy. It's way too loud. What? I can't hear you. Oh, wow. Who? What? Well, the classics are coming back. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to 8th grade theater. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that every episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's truth in that statement. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 461. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Good, okay. Wow. Fact checked, Andy. Famous author. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk week in Geek. Matt, it's good to have you back. Missed you last week. Yeah, whatever. Great to be back. And all that stre- Great to be back. streaming news. Sorry I missed it. Yeah. No. You bitched out. Is that a hashtag, hashtag sorry, not sorry? That's right. Hashtag sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what geeky... Th- uh, before we do geeky things, I'm going to get, get some, uh, some business out of the way. Uh-oh. What'd I do? Uh-oh. So, first of all, a reminder... Yeah. That we are going to be at the Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival. Yes, we are. At the, uh, is it the Flamingo Branch? It is the Clark County Library, which is on the corner of Flamingo and some little side street. Escondido. Escondido, you're right. I think that's right. Yeah. The closest is Maryland and yeah. Flamingo, correct? Yeah, the yeah. biggest cross street. It's, it's essentially the, behind. It's next to the ever-fabulous alternate reality comics. What he said. There you go. Yes. I won't be there. That's a fine description. No, Matt will not be there. But the rest of us will, and I believe Professor Biggs is coming in for this show as well. Do we make him wear like a Canadian flag or something? Yes. You, can, you can make him do whatever yes. you want. Okay. Anything you want. Really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and we will be doing a red light, green light centric episode for nice. that live show. Wow, just spoil the whole thing. No, no, I want, I, no, come on in. Take off your skin. Mm-hmm. I, I, everyone Sorry? is going to get their opinion in. He keeps saying that lately. I don't know why. Take off your skin? That's an old mash thing. Come on in. Take off your skin. Rattle around in your bones. That's mash. Like the TV show mash? Yes, the TV show mash. Okay. Huh. The potatoes mash. The TV show mash. Well, I didn't know if it was the TV the show or the movie. Because it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. And it's also been a long time since I've seen the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. That's, that's I was too young for the TV show. So was I, but... The my mother would say that all the goddamn time, so it's forever <laughs> stuck in my brain. Gotcha. I watch, <laughs> I, I watch it from the get-go. And yes, I, the, Matt, that was a fine rendition. Oh my god! Of, of the <laughs> It wasn't like that. I have to listen to it. It was. <laughs> I'll be the like first that. time you listen. Oh, to damn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> and it'll be the first time you listen to the show, anyway. So. That's right. 
I'm here. I don't need to listen to it again. <laughs> you, you weren't, weren't here, here last, last week. week. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> and the only reason Almost I know like you guys are married or something. The only reason I remember the movies we Common watched law. it in uh, film school because we were studying Robert Altman and that was one of two films that we watched with him. What was the other one? Uh, the Player. Ah, wow. With um, I'm totally blanking out on his name. Tim right Robbins. Now. Tim Robbins. Yeah. Boy, that was. And a, part of it was and, because uh, that entire opening minute, shot. Yeah. The master shot. That. The continue one continuous shot, one continuous camera shot, which is ridiculously difficult to do in cinema. I'm hearing. I just, I just see a young you like, oh, eight minutes, no break, or edit, or whatever. Like you stop. Yeah, I, I have. I take issue with this uh, <laughs> this rendition of Jeff. I've that's, never seen him that excited about. That's anything. a little oh, too okay. excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That, that I think <laughs> oh, that's more. Okay, long. sorry. Let me. Wow, eight minutes. Yeah. Continuous shot. Yeah, that's that's it right there. Okay. Nailed I'm hearing it. And the, the uh, like, Jeff, do you have something to say? No. <laughs> the Haunting of Hill House. The, the new series. The new series the, on Apparently, the, the, one of the episodes has like only like three cuts in the whole episode. Hmm. So I'm hearing a lot of raving about. Now, is it one that they act just long filming or just creatively cut? I think they'll like creatively cut it like in just in three places, though. So you mean like places. So it's all, all uh, a lot of long scenes. Alfred now. Hitchcock's Rope. Where, yeah. Yeah. There's only like six cuts in the whole movie, but each segment's about like seven minutes long. Ah. Or that uh, bird superhero movie with uh, Michael Keaton. Yep. Or Irreversible. Oh, yeah. They did that too. They would they would like pan to a sign and pan back, and they'd make it look like it was still part of the one long cut, but it wasn't. So. Or the music mm. video for uh, the Anna Kendrick song that you had a hit with. Yeah, yeah but that's a music video. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a music video, yeah. Andy. Which I can't remember the name of. Th- three and a half minutes of a singular cut. We already hit eight minutes years ago, yeah. dude. Years ago. There was a movie called Big Night with Tony Shalhoub. Big about, Night. Big yeah. Night. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a restaurant. And the last three or four minutes is just this weird no-cut scene where there's almost nothing happening. You know, the, 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 all kinds of terrible stuff has happened that the two brothers who own this restaurant are just incredibly pissed at each other. And like the last three or four minutes is them, there is this kitchen cooking from like one still shot. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah they, they had a big fight, <laughs> Yeah, a big like fight. And they, they tear the shit out of the restaurant. They devastate the kitchen. And then they sort of get up dust themselves off and then they just like make an omelet to 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 have breakfast and <clears throat> they start helping each other and but it was it it's a it's a funny movie because it comments on restaurant culture and uh there is se- there are scenes like tony shalhoub plays the the temperamental chef brother he creates food and you'll have Americans coming into this Italian restaurant and being all like, yeah, I'll have the eggplant with the side of uh, spaghetti and the, oh, we don't do side of spaghetti. Why not? It, that's not how we prepare it. You'll get the eggplant. and we, I want the side of spaghetti. You, this is an Italian restaurant. Why right. don't you have spaghetti? You know, but it's and, the other brother who's the matri. Stanley yeah, Tucci, right? Yeah, yeah, Tucci. And Tucci will go back, and he's like, "All right, I'll ask him." And he's like, "You can tell from his because Stanley Tucci, he's magnificent with just with his face, and you can tell he's like, oh, fuck.'" 
And he goes in there <laughs> and he walks up to Shalhoub and he's just like, okay, I, you, I don't want you to get angry, but I need you to make a side of spaghetti. And he like throws his ladle down and he's like, I don't do that. And he's like, ah, I know him. Who? Who? No, I'm not. Who? <laughs> who? He's like, the, f- the second table by the door. And he like pops out of the kitchen and just stands at the kitchen door and stares at the woman. <laughs> and he just stares at her and then he pops in the kitchen and you know he makes it but he's all like demonstrably angry and it it it, it the relationship between those two is great yeah what's the name of this movie big night big night big night refers to the night that the uh, restaurant critic is going to come because ah. they're oh, failing okay. the business is failing because Shalhoub is a bit of a you know Madonna. yeah and um, uh, also, the restaurant critic is supposed to be coming, but also, um, um, ba- 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 crap, crap, bingo, bango, bongo, going to the Congo. Um, what the hell was that? What just happened? What the hell that? Is that the same movie? I, no, I'm let me get the stroke while it's set in the fifties, <laughs> and uh, Louis Prima is supposed to be showing up at this dinner, also. Oh, that's right, because the whole idea is to get the good review, but also get. Like a celebrity sighting, it's kind of a celebrity sighting, yeah. a, a an endorsement, just a just boost, a publicity boost, and it's a really big night. And Tucci is furiously working to try to control Shalhoub so he doesn't blow it. When did this movie come out? Oh, early nineties. Okay. Yeah, I remember Siskel and Ebert oh. reviewing it, so that's that's how long it was. Long, long wow, time Siskel ago. Ebert. The other bit of business I was going to bring up. A weird start. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you did I it, know Andy. I did it. I know I did it. You Why? got fed up with the whole conversation about that had something to do with Matt, and you just... Well, yeah. <laughs> Matt and Mash. <laughs> Matt yeah. and Mash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that uh, we are now about to uh, vote on the book for the book club for November. So if you're part of the book club on the Facebook page... Uh, the votes should be ready to go up tomorrow. I was going to do it today, but I th- took a little more time to make the show tonight than I expected. Ooh. That's how the sausage gets made Extra sometimes. Extra special show. Mm-hmm. This sausage here? Why are you pointing at your crotch? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to point at the uh, the tray oh, of, the, the, the of salami? sausage. But, the salami that's on the tray? The summer <laughs> Not sausage. that salami. The no, summer sausage. Knowing right. the way Andy does things, it wouldn't surprise me if from your angle it looked like he was pointing to his crotch. <laughs> he was pointing at his crotch. Well, it's, Not intentionally. <laughs> it's always going to end up pointing towards Andy's crotch. It doesn't matter what it's about. Nobody man spreads quite like Andy. Uh, I remember that song. That was a. I think <laughs> those the Temptations, right? The Almond Brothers. Yes, gentlemen. What geeky things you do this week? I went and saw First Man in IMAX. You're one of the few. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. How was the First Man in IMAX? Now I really enjoyed it because I am a big fan of NASA, NASA history. Um, little. You know, little known fact, I wanted to be an astronaut until I was about 15 what? years old. I think the space camp stuff probably gave that up. That's why, you know, that's why I said it. <laughs> really? But, uh, yeah. You went to space camp and you're like, fuck this? Yeah, three times. No, my eyesight went bad. My oh. eyesight went bad, which um, kind of crashed that dream. You do what like Chuck Yeager did. You memorize the eye chart and you lie. Well. It's not that. It's not as easy now as it would have been yeah. in the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks for ruining it for the rest of us, Jaeger. 
<laughs> I think the movie is really well done. I really liked a lot of the way that they structured the scenes and it is from Armstrong's perspective. So it's 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 more about Armstrong. So it's very Armstrong centric in his family and then him coming up through the space program as opposed to I think what a general complaint was a lot of people were expecting it to be just about Apollo 11. So you start with him in his early days with NASA with the X-15 project, moving up to him being the commander of uh, Gemini 8. It's first man. It's not first men. Yeah. And then, you know, it finishes with him leading the Apollo 11 mission. So I can understand why a lot of people are quoting it as being boring. It's a very specifically structured type of docudrama. It does see, you know, I think the pacing is fine, but I can understand people who are not familiar with Neil Armstrong, his past, what he's done in the space program, and, you know. It's not going to be an action-packed flick. Yes, it's not an action-packed flick, and that's exactly why I think some people are saying it's boring. I've had people compare it to Apollo 13, and I said, well, Apollo 13 is about one specific mission. Because of the nature of that mission, Apollo 13 all the astronauts and ground controllers were on edge to that whole thing. So that's where you get that tension and drama. Armstrong, it's more about his personal struggles, um, you know, loss of his daughter at a very young age, um, him coming up as a engineer slash uh, pilot in the program where previous to the Gemini missions, they were predominantly bringing astronauts in from the Air Force and the Marines, you know, so very military aviation-centric. Does it go up to the point where he pulls rank? No. Okay. But anyway, I really enjoyed it. The moon shots, which were shot... The reason I saw it on IMAX is the moon walk scenes were shot in true IMAX, with true IMAX cameras. So quite breathtaking. So it looks better um, than the fake stuff they did in the re- first I was one. Say, uh, the original here set. We go. The original set. <laughs> All right, Paul. Is it the Paul chair? Is that what's yeah, the Paul chair just brings it out in me. Um. So yeah, I do know there is some backlash out there from some I will call them faux conservatives. They're not real conservatives. Uh, complaining about the, they're complaining that there was not the scene of them um, putting the flag on the moon. So let me just tell you right now, it's like I said, it's 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 a ridiculous controversy. Some people are buying into it. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> you haven't heard about this? No. There's a lot of quote unquote conservatives. And I say and I say that because they're not actual conservatives or just this small sect that are trying to boycott the movie because they don't have the scene of them they planting don't the flag the on the planting moon. Of the flag. And they but, made a big thing about it. Yeah, they made a big thing about it. And they said, there's no moon, so I'm not going to see it. Now, bear in mind. The people that started this did not see the movie. So let me just put it right out there. The flag is seen on the moon. No, you don't see them planting the flag on the moon. But because this story is about Neil Armstrong, and it's, not about it's about his personal experiences on the, on the moon and what he's doing. It's not about American dominance in the space program. American cosmic colonialism. But, or the fact that the flag is now bleached white, so it looks yeah. like we surrendered to the moon. 
Well, it, and most people don't know this. The the flag was actually knocked over when Apollo Eleven when it took uh, off. When oh, the took nice. off. And, and the, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, Buzz Aldrin specifically didn't tell Neil until they were on the way back to Earth <laughs> because he didn't want him to know that the flag got knocked over. But uh, and and turn around. <laughs> yeah. No, just just because he'd be upset. But you know, the the flag is predominantly displayed on not only the you know the spacesuits but you do see it in the background in the scenes so for all those people that are worried the flag is there don't worry about it but again it's burning but it's this is not about nasa (laughs) this is not about nasa this is not a nasa centric docudrama this is a neil armstrong centric docudrama the the more and more i work my job the more and more i controversies like that i just instantly go to some 14-year-old punk in Moscow who's who sets up the troll and then a few people here pick up on it and go ape shit. Um, it, it actually, and you know, the midterms are ramping up, so I'm seeing a lot more shit in there. I'll bet you are. And, and, and man alive, you know, some of it you begin to look at and you're just like, this has got to be, this has got to be uh, cyber warfare. You know, I think that there are some angry people out there. Sure. You know, like that. And the the research on the amplification of The Last Jedi hate was interesting. But uh, there's a lot of manufactured bullshit out there. Yeah. I don't know if you got it, Torgo, but I actually got the. uh, Was it an email or was it a direct message? I got a message from Twitter. Because then when they did their research into phony accounts and everything, oh okay, they sent out emails, messages to people who had shared or retweeted um, stuff from phony uh, accounts. <clears throat> oh, and apparently one thing that I had shared came from such an account, which is interesting because, well, no, you're I, part of the problem. I yeah, uh, <laughs> I could have shared a, a conservative viewpoint to criticize it. But chances are that it was a fake left-wing account. Mm-hmm. They're that, out there uh, too. That I popped out too. So we watched a uh, we watched a fake video the other night, and uh, then watched it get debunked like minutes later. Oh, the, yeah, the the guy that was that was, was pretty weird, f- funny too. Yeah, the dude who used a drone to find out his wife was cheating on him. He like followed her to work because he was suspicious and sure enough she didn't she didn't go to work she met her husband i mean her lover behind the cvs and took off and and he's like he's just going ballistic as the the drone is sitting there watching her get he's narrating he says he's showing the video and he's like god watch 18 years of marriage go down the drain 18 years of you know and and we were like wow that was some shit and we clicked back this is on the, the Xbox, on the TV screen. YouTube. We, we click back, and you see the stream of suggested videos beneath, and we see a disproven hoax. And we're like, what? So we went through it. Mind you, Vernon has been believing this for years. Yeah. <laughs> he was all excited about it. And he's like, holy shit. But it turned out the guy was faking. It, it, the funniest bit is they show the uh, – he eventually gets figured out, and he admits to it. But, like – they did like an inside edition interview. There was a big old thing because they reconciled and they decided not to get divorced and everything. So in the original video, 
uh, he's narrating and, and he's saying, yeah, her boyfriend's hiding back there behind the CVS and she must be calling him because, yeah, here she here he comes out back to meet her and then she leans in the window and kisses a guy. It's, you know, it's all from a drone. So it's yeah, and it's really, up. really high up. They're like they're like little tiny ant sizes. OK, mm-hmm. right. A really, really bird's eye perspective. And then she gets into this SUV and he drives off. And that's when the guy is throwing the fit. OK. In the debunking, they cut back to that. Where you see that, and you see the car drive around the CVS again, and then it parks, and then a man gets out of the car, and you see the drone shh, fly down to the man, and it's the guy who made the video, and he's bringing in the drone for a landing. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, for, and for also, me and Kirsten, that's, this happened in about eight minutes. For, for Vernon, it was spread out over like three years, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 The original video is a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that, yeah, it was it was really funny. There's another thing that's coming out that people have to be really afraid of. I already saw one a couple months ago, and they're starting to talk about it now called Deep Fakes. Oh, which, yes. Which, which are getting very good. I saw one that was shocking. Because it was... Well, the software's improved yeah. in leaps and bounds and over just the last two years. Dude, it is shocking. Because it was, it was a fake thing about Obama telling some UN panel how, how uh, we need to get people to give up their rights. They need to give up... Uh, you know, they need, we need to hip, uh, like, uh, fool them into voting the proper way. And it's good. It's good. It 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 as if if you honestly think Obama could say such a thing, you have no reason to not believe it. The only reason to dismiss it is because you know that it's complete horseshit. If there was only some class of people, some occupations, job was to man come out and find the truth to things and, and, and so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is fake Blog- news bloggers. Oh yeah, yeah. Fake news bloggers. Mm. That's what bloggers are about. Yeah. Yeah, but the the deep fakes are they're getting good. And they're and, only going to get better. Yeah. Oh, we saw there's a, a a bunch of we're on a whole drone thing last night. Or what's, what's, this, what's this last night? Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I need to sl- I need to sleep sometime. Um there was a bunch of birds attacking drones. And then, like, the last one was a guy shooting out the window of a plane, and a drone comes through and takes the top of the uh, wing off. There's one of those wings that sort of tilt up at the end, and the drone just cuts through it. And I'm like, holy shit, why did I not hear about this? And then the video continues, and it shows exactly how they faked it. But it's it's brilliantly done. It's Well, perfect. talking about, like, deep fakes, um, another use of that software, which I thought was hilarious... Um, in Justice League, when they had to go back and do the research with Henry Cavill and the the really poor quality mustache removal that uh, some of the the digital companies that they farmed that out to that was a shallow uh, fake. Yeah, it's very very terrible. But a guy with that deep fake software and uh, just an average desktop computer was able to take pictures of Henry Cavill in. And video from various like interviews, print, uh, uh, print interviews, you know, magazines, etc., and put that into the computer and do a much more convincing mustache removal that looked realistic than what Warner Brothers 
put into the theaters. There you go. Perhaps in the fact, lowest uh, bidder was not the way to go. <laughs> well, it's, it wasn't a lowest bidder thing. It was uh, it was because they rushed it in without doing a lot of. Um, well, according to one of the digital artists that worked on it, they they did you know initial renders that they put on the big screen as opposed to the final renders. Oh my! Because like one of them was watching <laughs> um, the trailer and said, "Oh no, wait, this." They didn't use that in the movie. Like, well, no, this is just the trailer. Maybe, maybe we're okay. Maybe they use the final render <laughs> in the actual in the actual uh, theatrical. And then he watched the theatrical, and found out they used the exact same sequences. And he was just yeah. like, kind of emblematic of the movie. He's <laughs> like, I'm ashamed to have worked on that. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny, but yeah. So you know, it's it's software that has usage beyond faking things but you know as with any yeah, well, as with any tool it can be used yeah. for both good and it for will. bad and it will not it can it will because it's oh. out there the russians have not let up no they trump haven't. is totally soft on them and they are they are working the midterms hard and it's crazy it's really crazy what else you do this week guys uh, I don't know if it's geeky or not, but I had my uh, my first uh, uh, speaking role in a movie, and then two days later, uh, I have uh, my first uh, fiction published in a book. So this is called "Live Through This." I thought you were published once before, Andy. I've been published for uh, essays and uh, comics oh, okay. and stuff, but, but this, this is my is your first, first fiction. fiction? Oh, okay, Edited by Jeff Schumacher and Scott Dickensheets. I, that's the best name I've ever read. Dick and Cheats? Yeah. You, you don't know. Dick and Cheats used to be an uh, editor for uh, The Weekly. Was he? Yeah. It's, it's still name. a great name. It's <laughs> a fantastic name. name. So these are all... Tell me about this book. It's a collection of short stories uh, and essays. It's all themed on uh, um, unnatural disasters. And uh, there's uh, a bunch of fiction pieces. And uh, then there's a few essays that are pretty heavy from what I can understand from the... I haven't read them all yet. Uh, but there's also some weird sort of sci-fi kind of stuff in here. There's a weird uh, baseball game where something terrible happens, and the guy just wants to try and finish a baseball game. It's just really well written, a nice piece. That's like the second piece. And mine is live, live mine is, through this. Tell yeah. me about your story. Uh, my piece is a uh, sort of blue collar crime noir uh, set in East Vegas, and uh, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. Although I'm you know you know it's been a few months since I wrote it, and I'm already looking. Oh, I. I, I should have shortened these sentences up. This should have been like two sentences out of three. Life of the writer, dude. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's. I feel it's, I feel like it's solid stuff. It's That's just the fantastic. life of an artist. No artist ever thinks that their their work is That's, complete. Can't Tell get, me, they about always, it. They can't, can't get better if it if you don't uh, think you're. This is episode four hundred sixty-one. I haven't gotten it right yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. congratulations, Thank man. You. Is this, yeah, a, nice. this I assume is available on Amazon? Amazon and uh, I, 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 lowest place I saw. And your borders high. near you? Oh wait, probably yeah. <laughs> you I, I, I bought that from Borders <laughs> actually. Um, <laughs> you did? I bought it from a Borders. Uh, there was a, the book festival was this weekend. So a I'm, guy from the Borders. It's, it's right. kind of, yeah. Okay, I was like, I didn't. I, 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 I got it from the, the Taco Bell Chihuahua. <laughs> Running for the water. Um, Came with a Honduras caravan. They got all the yeah, copies of that. Right. Okay. Um, Target, Target had it online for like under ten bucks. Oh yeah! Oh wow! Yeah. So it's only like fourteen bucks. It's not an expensive book, and and the you know, like I say, I haven't read it all, but listening to the uh, panel where people are talking about what they wrote and the pieces they read from it, uh, this is some good stuff. I'm gonna have to get a physical copy and have you sign it for me. All right. And then my my acting, you don't want him to my sign acting, your uh, copy? 
My acting role actually was in a movie with Paul, which I didn't know until I got there. Oh, Paul was in the movie yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Kay and I showed up at Lightforge Studios. It was really a, it was a screening for the cast and stuff. So uh, I, I dragged Kay along because yeah, we wanted him to see Lightforge, and uh, Paul showed up, and uh, Ryer was there because he hadn't left town yet. And so Paul brought Ryer as his date. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the movie. What's that about? Uh, it's uh, Anias uh, Penny Pippets, who used to be the uh, clown in Absinthe, the female clown, and her husband Voki was the uh, male clown, uh, the uh, gazillionaire. But yeah, she wrote it, and uh, actually, she's—I don't think she's in it anywhere in this one. She showed two films. She showed one that she was in with uh, Jimmy Slonina, who's hilarious, and then she showed this one, which she direct wrote and directed. But there's an opening sequence at a party, and it's like, oh, well, there's Paul. Paul had a much bigger role than I did, so. Uh, in case it ever becomes available, what's the name of the movie? Hello, Darling. Hello, Darling. If she releases it on the YouTubes or something, right now she's thinking to take it to the festival circuit. Although she's not really thinking much about it at all. She just wanted to get it done, and now she has no idea what she's doing with it, but. I know the feeling. Festival circuit seemed like the most I, likely thing. I know about being in a movie like that. <laughs> Are you like are you like walking to the party and like spilling shit or what? No, nope. uh, no, I'm not in a party. I'm serving pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Brave casting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Brave. Actually, the funny part is uh, not to give too much away, but there's there's a scene where the an actress is standing on a table in the thing, and I was done filming my stuff, and everybody else was either in the crew or was in the scene. So it was like it was over a Broadway pizza, and it's one of those those single column tables. So not the most stable thing in the world. Yeah. So uh, I went from being an actor to being a table prop within about five minutes. I just sat under the table and propped up the uh, oh, yeah. table <laughs> to keep it from moving too much. Wow. All right. <clears throat> Tables yeah. are not designed to have no. a lot of weight put that there. Uh, that explains it. Yeah. Ladies and so. gentlemen, the versatile FM. That's table. right. Yeah, really. Um, if you go- uh, Google, if you search for Andrew F. Andrew Taylor on Amazon Prime, the book does not come up. What? Christmas Puss. Wah, wah, Christmas wah. Puss comes up. I like Christmas Puss. Christmas, Christmas Puss. <laughs> Christmas Puss. I look forward to that every year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rub that in, why don't you? So That's the idea. Um, hey, 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 hey. You had four of them you got rid of. In or out, Andy? <laughs> What? what? You said rub it in. Uh, that fucking, uh, like, pocket rub it out. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. He rubs it out. He rubs it in. That's true. Okay, fine. It's all my fault. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm to blame. Um, well, this week had a horror showdown. Oh, right. With Jake and Jamie. We met at the Millennium Fandom Bar. It's an Andy plug. And yes. we sat down for some horror trivial pursuit. And... There's two things I've learned from this. One, Trivial Pursuit is no longer the Trivial Pursuit I knew growing up. Mm. It's a whole new creature now. And two, I really need to watch The Wizard of Gore. Yeah. Because that is a Luton film that I've never seen, and there were three questions about it that yeah. I received, or that were received from all of us. As the third thing uh-huh. you learned is that Jake is a lucky shit, because he kept getting like, what color is blue? Yeah, the first <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm getting... Who played X in Wizard of Gore? And he's getting who directed the movie Alien? And I'm like, <laughs> but no, he he earned he he knows his shit. Yes, if you haven't figured out from the. 
the the gloating Facebook post. Jake did win. He uh, he got uh, six wedges. I can't even call them wedges because that's not how it works anymore. And I think Jamie and I got one or two each by the time. Wow. This is how Trivial Pursuit works now, or at least in this was it edition. Really, was it really Trivial Pursuit, or was it yes. a knockoff? No, it's Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. Wow. It's it's why it has the wedge-shaped thing that it comes in. It has the colors and the, the layout of the cards, exactly like Trivial Pursuit. But it's Pursuit. not wedges. There's no board. The board is gone. There is a die, and the die has kind of the all the wedges together in a pie look of a single color on each side, a six-sided die. You roll the die. That's the category you get. Then you're asked the question of that category. Uh, in this case, it was like monsters, paranormal, killers, uh, gore. If you answer that question, you then earn the right to receive a wedge question, which means you roll the die again. Whatever color that is, is the category you answer. And if you answer that correctly, you keep that card as a wedge. Not of that particular color. You just need to have six cards to win. So you could do all of one subject. Yes. It, but it's all, you, you're not choosing anything. Right. You're, you're rolling every single time. Oh, that's true. So okay. it basically turned Trivial Pursuit into a dice game versus a board game. I'm going to yeah. guess the simplification of it and the removal of the board uh, is... Um, for exactly for what you guys did it's so it can be played at bars without too much of a mess travel game yeah i can see that certainly because i've been to a lot of bars where sitting on the table is yeah, a stack have. of trivial pursuit yes i have a uh, stack of trivial pursuit cards like a whole bunch of different decks mixed together sure yeah uh, but it also takes away some of the luck and strategy aspects of the original mm -hmm. for example and the last move when the person has all their wedges they have to go back to the middle and they get one final question and i believe if i remember right is decided on by the rest of the group That's what correct. category it is going yeah. to be so you are you know probably what their weakest category is and that's what you throw at them that's right you're getting sports so you're angry because the betrayal aspect of the game has been ruined. Yes, exactly. that's exactly why I'm not happy about it. But congratulations, Jake. You beat us, and, and you've earned the right to gloat. Fair so. and square. Yeah. I do like that example, Andy. What color is blue? That's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, finished uh, two books this week. Uh, finished Blackbirds by Chuck Wendig, as I mentioned on yeah. the last show. That's a really good book. You singing another dead on it? Stop it. Stop it. God, between you and Jeff, I swear to God. Uh, again, the story is about the, uh, the girl that uh, whenever she touches bare skin, she sees how the person's going to die and when. And uh, what I love about this book is that uh, Miriam Black, the protagonist of the book, uh, she is a severely flawed character. And I love flawed characters, ones that are still endearing and being that flawed is a hard thing to pull off, and he does it well. It's obviously a jump-off book to the rest of the series, but it does have its own arc, so you can just read the single book and be done with it. But there's a lot of book to follow. I think there's six more afterwards. This, the last one comes out, I think, in January. Cool. And after I was done with that, I finally got around to reading The Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. 1972 novel, a children's novel when it comes down to it. It's pretty short, 150 pages. Uh, I had a hard time getting the tone of it. 
at the beginning. I wasn't sure what tone I was. I was kind of reading it in a realistic way in my brain, but it kept fighting against it. Then I realized, oh, this is a Tim Burton joint. That's who deserves, who should be directing this book. Oh, so it's like a twisted version of The Giving Tree. No. No? No, okay. because... The, the Giving Tree is a twisted version That would be very Tim yeah. Burton right there. Yeah, oh, Tim... Oh, Giving Tree, one of the worst books ever read. Yes, it is. Uh, the... It is Disagree, a... Disagree, but we'll go on. There. <laughs> what's weird about The Halloween Tree is there isn't much of a plot. But there's a lot of stuff that happens, oh. and that's why it seems like a very yeah, Tim Burton. Sounds very Tim Burton. Yeah, uh, it's funny because you said Halloween tree, <clears throat> and I'm thinking, all right, Nightmare Before Christmas, because ah. it's Christmas tree during Halloween. Oh, okay. I assume. I I don't read much Bradbury, mm-hmm. but and your problem there is actually one of my problems with him. It's uh, his so. language is very flowery. <clears throat> yeah, in it. And the if I could kind of sum up the story a bit, it is about eight kids on Halloween all dressed up as various traditional Halloween costumes, witches, mummies, ghosts, uh, beggar, and all that, especially about 1972. And their leader isn't joining them because he seems like he's not feeling very well and they they go off and they end up at this haunted house run by a very i i i can't remember the name of the dude the name's like mound shrub or something like that very burton-esque and he takes them on a journey through history on a kite made from old circus posters that they all ride on and the kids are the tail and they go back in time to show, one, some of the philosophies that created Halloween in history and what philosophies in history influenced their costumes to be the scary things that they are today. Wow. So it goes into... Like the Impaler? The first place they go is Egypt. <laughs> Dracula. They go to uh, ancient Celtic, uh, Celtic time with uh, uh, Samhain. They go to uh, Dios de Muerto for the Day of the Dead in Mexico. And it's really kind of cool once you get what the tone is. Dia de los Muertos. Sure, that one. Mr. Moundshroud. Mr. Moundshroud. I wasn't that far off. You were off. pretty close. I wasn't far off. About, I might as well read it. I probably would have gotten the same translation. Mm. But I love how the book ends. And that it, that's what really sold me. The way it culminates and ends is beautiful. The kite crashes. Oh, it, way before the end. Oh, okay. Way before there. There's the craziness that I'd mentioned in that that little bit is nowhere near. This book is full of crazy. He reveals that they're all dead. It no. <laughs> <laughs> but really, if there's ever a book built for a Burton film, it's this. That's one. interesting. That's interesting. And I spent the rest of my free time this week playing Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah. Kingdom Hearts. There's no Donald Duck sword. I looked it up. No, there there isn't. Should be. I, I just got the Tarzan sword. Wow. So, oh. if you're not familiar with Kingdom Hearts, and if you play video games, how can you not be? But if you don't, it is Square Enix and Disney got together and said, hey, let's throw all the famous Final Fantasy characters in with all the famous Disney characters and mash it up with never-ending story. 
and make a action RPG out of it. That yeah, yeah. Talk about you know that's a real acid trip mm-hmm. right there. But there is something magical about mm-hmm. every time you go to a new world and you open up a classic Disney franchise to play in. Yeah, and do its little story, saving it from the nothing. Uh, in this case, that's so. actually. I mean, I like mashups. Mm-hmm. I was actually, uh, I was at a comic book store and I was just wandering around. And they're John, doing John Bean Hastings, don't turn off. Keep listening. <laughs> oh, why? He hates mashups. Oh, really? Yes. Jesus. Like, you mean like uh, the Green Lantern in Star Trek: The Next Generation IDWDC title? I'm sure he hates it. That's very specific. But um, yes. Wow, that is specific. Because. Um, and they Marvel's doing this thing called Infinity Warps, which are very mashup characters kind of merged together. So you have, oh uh, shit, Captain Strange. Oh really? S- super Soldier of the Mystic Arts. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you know, and um, uh, stuff like that. And, uh, kind of like, uh, what's it, Amalgram? Amalgam. 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 Yeah, except it? instead of DC Marvel, it's just Marvel. So I was just looking at that, and I always find that intriguing. I find that cool. And it, it, it it's actually... And do they take it serious, or is it more like a what the kind no, of thing? No, no, I think it's kind of serious. This, this particular, I wasn't at Ralph's. I know. Don't, don't, don't hate on me. You. I wasn't at Bastard. Ralph's. And these people, <laughs> bag and board... All their comics, their entire inventory. So there's no reading, there's no perusing. It's like you got to know what you want. <clears throat> and as a result, I very rarely buy from them. Uh, I'll Let go. Let that be a lesson, owners. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go there when it's something I'm specifically looking for, and Ralph doesn't have it. So and then there's also the series Exiles. Exiles is a is a cool Marvel series that is now being written by Saladin Ahmed. And uh, he, uh, you know, they're just different Marvel Universe characters put on a team together and then sent to alternative realities. That's so, fun. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, I just like that enough that it, it, it's cool. And then, of course, they've got the, the Hanna-Barbera mashups there. Right. So and that's with DC, ooh, I think. Ooh, speaking DC. of Hanna-Barbera... Um, Adult Swim just recently brought back for a for a half hour episode uh, Harvey Birdman for one episode. Yeah, it was uh, it's called Harvey Birdman Attorney General. <laughs> oh wow! Apparently, oh lord! Phil, Phil Ken Seven gets elected president. Doesn't know how he got elected president, and so brings <laughs> Harvey Birdman in to get him out of it because he says he's crazy and he's going to do something crazy, <laughs> and he does. And it's it's a wow. wild romp, just like the original Harvey Birdman, but. Half hour is just not long enough, but lot of lot of reappearances of your favorite favorite characters from that episode. Nice from that series. I I, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Anyway. Funny every time Matt makes his way to the cheese tray, it 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 initially looks like he's fuck it and he's ready to go out the door. <laughs> <laughs> he just silently puts down his mic and just starts we're, we're walking. We're boring him right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought he wanted to get close to Andy's crotch because he's oh, very yeah. close to it. Well, you know. No. And he's been staring Probably at not. it all night, so. All night? Talk about all year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reached my quota last week. I was why I wasn't here. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of boring, uh, at one point while I was working, uh, Matt Colville, the D&D uh, YouTube guy, uh, put stream some NetHack. And he's like, I'm going to stream NetHack. And so I put it on Twitch while I was working. Andy came by, and he was working on something and sat down and watched it. And about 10 minutes later, he's like, this is the most boring game ever. <laughs> it's very old. It's amazingly dull. <laughs> he did not paint, like paint it. drawing would be more interesting. <laughs> and and that's coming from a painter. So, I know. You know. Anything else you do this week, guys? Um, I actually played a little um, Arkham City. Arkham City. Yeah. The original one. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever was kicking around K's house, I've popped in one day, one morning and it's just the Batman what, game. It's yeah. It's whatever. Torgo gave me. Yeah, well, it's, it's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've just been stupidly busy and haven't had a chance. I, I, I really should take a day off, except that I end up working two or three jobs every day. And uh, uh, on that day, I should have been learning how to use my my new stupid iPad. To Did caricatures. you get that to work? By the way, just under the wire. Wow, like how'd I, you do like it? I always do it. Uh, I, I found somebody who knew how to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, how'd you do it? This oh. is a geeky thing. This is geeky. I'm trying to draw on my... <laughs> Talk uh, about it. I'm trying to draw on my iPad. Um, and well, I have an upright TV monitor so people can watch me draw on a bigger thing. Because that's a thing now. Digital a, caricaturing and you watch... I'm opposed to it, but it seems to be the way things are going. So yeah. if I want to make well, money... Well, yeah, I mean, there's you know, they've made leaps and bounds in the technology to be able to... Yeah. To but really recreate the look and feel of pencil drawing. But when I plug the uh, iPad into the TV, it turns, and so the image is sideways instead of going orienting instead of portrait. portrait. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 so it, it, so it, it orients the landscape. And even well, when he turned his I, hold on. Even <laughs> when he turned uh, the the iPad portrait, oh, the image would come up, but it would still be in the landscape. Oh, you just un you just unlock the framing. Yeah. Is unlock locking thing. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yep. it's the scroll lock. Yeah, no, not scroll lock. The uh, so rotate where, lock. So where where was is that in the TV? That the, is in the iPad. Oh, it's, it's in the iPad. iPad. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Did you also get the Apple pencil so that you can actually yes, do the I, proper? Yes, I have a hundred dollar pencil that terrifies me. I'm going to break or lose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. You place will. your bets now, gentlemen. Place your oh, bets. Oh my God. One week, one month, one <laughs> Don't year. What do you got? Jinx. Andy, it's this is work. sitting in the box. I carry everything along inside, <laughs> inside the box. Man, a man is shev. It's <laughs> no. you, you were doing okay with the... Well. All right, let's do an email, gentlemen. <laughs> I was going to say finger work, but I'm sorry? everyone's going to misinterpret <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> he, he, he was doing How some... How do you know about the finger work? Yeah, he was... Huh? He's he got to practice on somebody. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And Duncan wasn't home. That's right. Uh, okay. Using uh, hey. the tip of his finger as the pen. What? Oh, Jesus. I knew I shouldn't have said anything. This is worse than the pocket pussy story. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. You can praise my finger work all you want. <laughs> I said you were doing all right. Oh, oh, now it's just all right? Yeah, that's right. Bitch. Work on your finger work, Andy. You got to give him the shocker. That's what she said. <laughs> The, the geek shock shocker. Go the sharker. <laughs> the sharker. Sharker. Bum bum. Bum 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 bum. Whoa! <laughs> you broke my brain. <laughs> Not your brain. Oh. 
All right, uh, a little mail, gentlemen. Greetings, nerds, geeks, and Warhammer aficionados. That's right. Praise the Emperor. First of all, I would like to say thank you again for the show. It takes me a while to get through an episode since now I work too much, but do not possess the ability to listen to a podcast and code at the same time. Exterminatus. I know, I suck. But I cuddle after. Anyway, I have a few questions for you guys, as I usually do. There will be a test. I hope you have a number two pencil. Andy, you can use a crayon. Excellent. He'll use his Apple pencil. Yeah. Question. Actually, Andy does pretty amazing things with crayons at, uh, was it Carabas? Oh, are they more ra- amazing than his finger work, Jeff? Have yeah. you compared? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Let's all laugh. I, I do have pictures oh, of I'm the laughing. tablecloth. Oh, you have pictures? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Did they get on the... Ah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm getting some water. <laughs> Question one. What comic and or book... Did you end up liking the movie adaptation better? Usually people say the book is better, but sometimes someone else ekes out a movie that is better. For me, it was Red, the one with Bruce Willis. Dead Air, Dead Air, Dead Air, No, dead air, I, I dead know air. No, he wrote, talking about. No, he wrote Dead Air for like eight, six or seven times. Oh, okay. Yeah, both one and two were very entertaining yeah, they movies. Were. So what comic and or book did you end up liking the movie adaptation better i honestly don't have an answer for this so i'm just going to not answer all right so. there it is i'll give you one okay iron man ah do you like yeah. the movie better than the I comic in general? The comic was I, i've i've never really glommed onto that character well howard stark and iron man were more or less a secondary character in the comics they just weren't really i mean even though he had his own solo series it wasn't considered a top tier character right Right. So Howard Stark or Tony Stark? Tony. Tony Stark. Okay. I, uh, I probably said Howard. You did, because that's I was you did. Think of his father um, at the moment. But yeah, no, he was a, he was a secondary character, and, and he was... Uh, Not I a mean, secondary, but second tier, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was brought in it. mostly so that he could use his tech for other... I mean, there's a lot of Tark, Stark tech floating around in the Marvel Universe. And I know they did some good runs. Bob Layton did a whole run where he fought his, fought his alcoholism. The extremist comic is really good. Yeah, but I just, I just never really glommed onto the character. But uh, uh, Downey's uh, portrayal of him just won me over, and it's like, wow, that's, that's a good, that's amazing. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go with the book, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The that first one, okay, the movie, yeah, but not ver- the not the, versus the movie, right? Right. Okay. Versus that, yes, that's the second one. The uh, yeah, the book is it's not as good, and the movie is a little less racist. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, gentlemen? I'm it's all right a, if you don't. That's all I, right. You know, I'm I'm having a a hard time. A lot of them, this is something I would probably need about a week to think about. Well, honestly, there's also I think how you approach it matters. Sure, if you go book first and then see the movie. Versus if you saw the movie and then read the book. There is that. You know, because, um, like, I guess one example, it's funny because it's not exactly a literary phenomenon, but like Jaws. You know, Jaws the movie is better than Jaws the book. Um, That's Peter Benchley who wrote the book, right? Yes. Because yeah. all of Benchley's sea horror books are kind of, what do you say, dry? I remember reading Jaws. Rimshot. Yeah, the Frankenstein of sea horror. <laughs> I remember reading Jaws and reading uh, 
the beast mm-hmm. which the beast is the the octopus one right i think so you it's been a, prob- a long time you got since a problem with dry sea horror <laughs> wow yeah um I, I i remember not liking either book very much yeah but jaws is one of my favorite of the, my it, classic it, it, uh, you know movies fantastic another you know? fine example of a book we said that wasn't as good as the movie is fight club Oh yeah, Fight Club is the movie is so much better, so much so that even Chuck Palahniuk says that the movie is better than his book. Wow! Now, the original question was a comic book or book? Both. Okay, so you could choose either. Oh, wow! That stretches. I got. I got to really think. Iron Man was easy for me. Yeah, um, you know, it's hard to like I. I, if I look at the Thor movies, Thor Ragnarok is just awesome. Uh, but um, whether it's Hulk, uh, fuck, what was it? I will say, now that you mentioned Thor, I, Thor was never really one of my favorite comic book characters. Yeah, it I was, always was thought he was kind of blah in the comics. I liked the Thor comics that took place in Asgard. Okay. You know, when, uh, like, Kirby would would let loose um, and have Thor mostly in Asgard <clears throat> or uh, the Asgard Center stories, um, those were always fun. Walt Simonson's run on Thor uh, it's a classic. Um, so there are those that are really great. And then Hulk, what the hell was the Hulk story called? Battle World? I don't, I can't fucking. Planet Hulk. Planet Thank Hulk. you. Planet Hulk. It, you know, which had parts uh, in Ragnarok was definitely very good. So I love the movie, but the source material has definitely got its own thing going. The Avengers movie is like that. Um, I really like the Watchmen movie, but the comic is such a classic. I can't sit here and say that the movie was better than the comic. I was going to say, yeah, both the uh, Watchmen movie and Watch and the uh, 300 are pretty direct translation yeah, of the source material 300 but that's one i'd also put as a better movie than written material which one 300? 300 yeah yeah i, I think have the comic i like them both i mean i think they 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 stand on par with each other just i mean it's it's neat to see it done with the cinematic tools that you have to do some of those action sequences that you can't really do as much of in the comic but it is pretty much comic frame to screen I'm having a hard time coming up with ones where I like the movie better than the book. I'm finding a lot where I like them both in different ways. Well, sure. But, huh. But that's not what this question is. I know. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. You know, honestly, it just just popped into my brain. uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. The movie. Oh, my God, yes. The movie is way way better than the book. Yes, it is. (laughs) And granted, I never made it all the way through the book. And, and but and, and it depends. And I assume you're talking about the Coppola version. Yes. Um. Yeah. And I don't think that's a great movie, but it's better than the book. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Shelley's about- Frankenstein, on the other hand, <laughs> yeah. with Robert De Niro as Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, what about what about maybe slightly better than the book. What about uh, Shelley's Frankenstein book versus James Whale's Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein? Um, Ooh, because Bride of Frankenstein Bride's amazing. Is, yeah. is one of the finest monster well, movies ever. All the Universal classic monster movies. I love the. I have the the Blu-ray set somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
Either, yeah, but either over there or in my room. Still, nobody's actually done her novel, so not I'm really. Not Although true. you know what, they have done a stage play that version they did at West End. That is a fantastic translation. Is the and Cumberbatch the... is doing it again, isn't he? Or, or is it a replay? It might be a replay. They're, they're doing a Fathom event of that going up again. But, uh, but also... yeah, check that out. It's excellent. They, it's the, the show where it was Cumberbatch. I can't remember the Johnny other Johnny Lee Miller, wasn't it? I, maybe. I'm not positive. Yeah. But they would switch roles the next night. That right. And back amazing. and forth. So you got, depending on what night you saw, you, you mean the one two person Sherlock... was a monster? The two Sherlock Holmeses have both played. There you go. Yeah. But the stage play version Johnny Lee Miller. is terrific. If you can see that Cumberbatch version, do it. There's also one with Peter... Uh, Dinklage. Pumpkin Eater. I can't remember his name. It was 1970s, and it was a TV movie. Oh, Peter Piper. Uh, oh, shit. I know the one you're talking about. The one where they drop the pills in the crack of the... <laughs> That's an evil look. And... Uh, <laughs> That no, was like pretty that. close Kate, to Kate, the novel. Frankenstein, the true story. Yeah. I just recently... No, seriously. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. No, like no. That. I'm like... it's. Ri- I, I like have two or three images of this in my head, mm-hmm. and I just knew it was was, was fairly yeah. accurate. Uh, what's what's the term? Not loyal, not... Uh, I, I, shit. There's a term a lot of critics use. But, faithful. Um, thank you. It, it was faithful, but... I can't remember most of it. It really isn't. Peter Sarazen, you know. Uh, it really isn't as as faithful. It, it's not. I mean, it's more it has more depth than the regular Frankenstein movies. Mm-hmm. But it's it's they never. It's not as faithful as you're thinking it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what was kind of faithful? I mean, well, first of all, <laughs> uh, Bernie Wrightson's. Oh. Oh, uh, the and the that's some of the best art ever. That is, it's amazing too because it's all cross hatching on on a what's that it's a called? comic book? Uh, yeah, Wrightson's Frankenstein. Yep, and the the illustrations are uh, cross hatch on what is that, Andy? When you scrape off the, the scratchboard? Yeah, scratchboard. It just amazing. The amount of detail is it, mind boggling. Yes, it is. It's there, a, there is no Peter in. Uh, Michael Sarazen. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he starred in Jane the, Seymour. The reincarnation of Peter mm, Proud. That's why I'm stuck on that. On a somewhat related side note, I just recently found out there's a musical version of Young Frankenstein. I heard around. that was yeah, out there. Yeah. I knew it was American. I don't that. know if it's good or not, but I just found out about it. I'm like, yeah. Mm. So they, could work. So anyway, um, but. Uh, that was, and they also did a couple Marvel comic adaptions where the Frankenstein monster was actually like the monster in the the book. Mm-hmm. So he's he's like this ghastly, horrible looking thing who is very articulate yes. and very smart. And, and that's and that's the the although they mixed it with the Frankenstein of the movies and that he was not evil and he was kind of misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because he was. In the comics, they they'd go with the hero right. angle, yeah. And the and the book and the stage play version as well. The monster learns to become evil, basically. Mm-hmm. It's man. That's the, the book does. He does too. But yeah. yeah, he's not born evil. He's right. Yeah, he's no, tossed, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's railing against his creator. Who? Why did you create me? Sure. Mm-hmm. After he's encountered other people that went against him. Mm-hmm. But we're getting off topic. Yeah, we, we are. Did go with the. Oh yeah, Dune. Dune's another good one. Because the book is. 
awesome. But I think the movie is equally as awesome, even though it's not exactly the same. Wow. 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 That's there some, you go. That's some strong words. That falls into yeah. I, almost like an Andy like them both for different reasons. Yes. Sure. Yes. That, that's how I would say, because I do love both. Yeah. The the, the Lynch version is just they're, yeah, beautiful. They're equally Dude, acceptable don't. if you try to remember that they're not the exact same thing. That mine, no, no. That no. Minecraft boxy um, personal shield fight, hilarious. They did what they could at the time. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Got one. Video games, I have no idea. Minority Report. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The short story, Minority Report. Uh, it's a real short story. It's a real short story, and it's really kind of scattered. Um a lot of a lot of his stuff is is like that. They, they, this is they, Philip they, Dick, right? Yeah, a lot of Philip oh. Dick stuff. They Blade Runner, right? Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, In I'll fact, like every single too. Philip Dick translation ever. J- <laughs> may, maybe, maybe, but uh, I mean, I read "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" and it was interesting. But I was like, "Ooh, the, the movie is very different," and and I like the movie. The Man I mean, in the High be, Castle. We yeah. can remember it for you wholesale all make better movies. Yeah. Well, Spielberg's also really good about cutting out the right things when he does a cinematic translation of source material mm-hmm. so that it's it's got a it's got a nice flow to it and you're not necessarily missing things. I mean, just like Ready Player 1, I I know that there's a whole bunch of material that's missing from that movie, but the movie is still entertaining mm-hmm. and has a certain flow to it that still keeps you entertained. And you almost don't feel like you're missing all those other pieces of the story that are missing. All right. This this email has a second question. Question Uh-oh. two. As a group, you have talked about rolling dice to make decisions and whatnot. <laughs> I am wondering is if you have if you had to have a game made about you, what would it be? And what would it be called? I'm asking for the elevator pitch. And this also can be just a Monopoly version if you want to weasel and go for a prefab game. But who wants to be a weasel? I think mine would be a game that crossed Pit, Backgammon, and Candyland. Don't ask me how it worked, but I like to think it'd have something to do with rolling dice, colorful boards, and some asshole hoarding all the wheat card. Todd, you can play too. Well, thank you again. Now go fuck off. You're scaring the children. Pat. You know, I I just popped into my head here a perfect one for Andy. Oh, you're, you're oh we're, we're doing games of other people first. Just be- just because it popped into my head. Okay, and I can don't want to lose you, it. Can you? You don't want to lose it. All right, uh, fine. Hey, yeah, because I want to I want to do this in parts. <laughs> All right, first. If, well, the Andy game is uh, uh, the Drunken Monkey Drunken Monkey Andy game where oh. where you play Andy. Knocking things over and saving the day by knocking things over by accident. See, I was going to say it'd be in that format of the the game. Like you remember that game, Don't Wake Daddy, where the yeah pops up. Well, and it's like, don't don't, you know, don't spill. So mm-hmm. so you have to sneak around the board and avoid getting spilled on right. or tripped over. All right, what's we're going to do? We're talk about our own games yeah. first. So those the, are the habit, and the, then we're going to do games for others. The less jokey version of the Andy game would be a game where you have a whole bunch of things you're trying to do at the same time and trying to wedge them in and also get enough sleep. Ah, that's that's a true Andy game. Sleep is a luxury for the rich. Yes. (laughs) It's kind of like payday, but grosser. Now, the game is called I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and the question is, how long can I keep doing without dying? (laughs) My game is called 
Paint Your Minis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it a music like Paint Your Wagon? It's but no, because Paint Your Wagon <laughs> is horrible. Nowhere near. Ugh, don't it's even. It's not as good as the book. Oh, yeah. Is it uh, as good as The Music Man? The board is like snakes and ladders, except there's no ladders and lots of snakes. Every board space is a YouTube channel, and you have to maneuver your way out of YouTube to the top to be able to paint your minis. <laughs> But you can run across one of the YouTube time holes. I was going to say, take yeah. you back down. You fall into the holes that uh, take you back down to plush time wins. Yeah, and then you have to climb back out. And so the snakes you are YouTube can. time holes. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, it's, that's the concepts. Got gotcha. Snakes and ladders, but no ladders. All snakes, all time hole sinks, all now, YouTube. Now, how do you paint your minis? How do you account for things where you actually learn something, like when you trip and fall into the d- d- defunct land hole, but you actually learn something about a theme park and or ride that was out there? The goal is to paint your minis. You could learn enough for a master's degree, but it won't get those goddamn things painted. What if you learn tricks about painting your minis? That's fine. You still have a pile of unpainted minis. <laughs> and then when you go to the store and there's other cool minis, I'd like to have that cool mini, but I have all these unpainted minis at home. Now, is there a side quest for un, uh, unmanufactured models and or painted models that are stuck in your closet? Unmanufactured? Well, you, that models you haven't Unassembled. put Unassembled. Unassembled. Oh, Thank okay, you. okay. <laughs> oh, you mean model kits? Yes. Jeff translation provided by Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's the sequel game. Build your models. Oh, a franchise. But see, which, nobody which, plays that game. Which, which you can only play once you've reached the top of Paint Your Minis. Oh, and then okay. you can play the sequel, Build Your Models. It's a it's a physical board game unlockable. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> and it plays exactly like the first game. Okay. Anybody else have a personal board game? I didn't go board game though. I was thinking more like a PS4 type game. Oh, no, no, okay. good, good. Yeah, let's do it. Like what? It. Diversity. It's a cross between GTA, Payday, and um, uh, Saints Row. GTA Saints Row, which are and Payday, kind of the same thing. Payday. Aren't those and, all the same and, game? No. Basically, <laughs> basically, it's, it's called it's called Rage Against the One, and it's not oh. the word one. It's one stands okay. for one percenter. Oh. So it takes place on Manhattan, Aha. and you go up and down the financial districts, okay, collecting points for how many bankers you shoot and kill. This is based on his life, <laughs> apparently. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Or maybe Crazy Taxi. Wow. We'll put some Crazy Taxi in there too. <laughs> okay. Nice and, and this is based on your life. <laughs> no, no. I worry about you sometimes, man. <laughs> what I'm thinking. It's been nice oh, knowing y'all okay. before the FBI what I'm thinking. busted us. Uh, my life. Wow, I mean, that's essentially a hate crime right there. Okay, yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Holy crap! Just saying, it's a hate crime. Doing it's a real crime. Wow. Yeah. Rage against the one. Uh huh. <laughs> so I think my. Uh, or or canceling all your streaming services. You so, so you pop it in and it says, "Do you want to discontinue Netflix?" Go. I can see it. It's kind of like Atari's Kaboom. <laughs> it's like Whack a Mole. And the, where the. The companies are dropping streaming services, and he is trying to keep them from being greenlit, if you will, at the bottom. There you go, yes. So he's, he's, he's stopping the streaming services from falling from the top or to the bottom. It's like Gallica, but it's like you got a little remote going back and forth, 
<laughs> and you're destroying all the uh, the falling streaming service companies. And the best yes. the best thing about it is there's no physical game. You have to join an online streaming yes. service to play it, <laughs> and it's loaded yes. with microtransactions to uh, yes. level up and get better at canceling streaming services. Wow. There we go. <laughs> wow. And the I'm cover- sorry, I kind of jumped on the no, whole. No, no, that's good. The like cover it. is Matt just sitting at the couch holding the control, going, "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> No, no, me looking at CBS All Access going, Jeff, <laughs> like pointing towards the screen. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff is the little UFO at the top. Yes, that goes back. yes, yes. Just as you're about to cancel the service and it's like, oh, here we go, here we go. Jeff shows up and the, the, the service's life bar just goes right up into the green. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Anybody else have a personal game before I move on to somebody else's? My tabletop would be a deck builder called uh, Loser. And <laughs> basically, it would it, it would be wow. every time you're getting ahead, a random card would pop up that would wipe everything out and you have to start all over again. Andy, why is your flash yellow? I don't know. Shouldn't, shouldn't be <laughs> He's yellow. He's probably got cheese smeared on it or something. Could be. Um, but... <laughs> So, yeah, that'd be my that'd be my tabletop. Um, you I could s- add expansions. The defeatist. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The 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 futile. The futile. The vanquished. <laughs> um, Soup y- kitchen line, like you know. There oh, you go. Damn. Well, and and then the special tie-in, the GoFundMe expansion. <laughs> oh yes, yes. So, um, so it's a ninety-nine percenter game. Yeah, ninety-nine point nine percenter. So, that'd probably be that game. Oh, then I could go the fantasy route and do a combination of uh, uh, like Soul Caliber, where you get to build me, and then you give me weapons, and then I go through um, like a, a what are those castle games where you're moving up every level? And, Castlevania. Uh, not Castle. Oh. That's a side scroller. It, it's just it Soul Calibur, and you're just going next level to next level, fighting bigger and bigger bosses until you get to the end. And then a random element comes along and it knocks <laughs> you down, and you have to start all over again. There you go. Well, being that it's a Soul Calibur style builder, I'm just gonna build you in your underwear and make you go up the castle. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, if, if Paul was doing it, I'd be wearing a huge yes. fucking leather dong. Yes, you would. Yes, um, you would. If Scully was doing it, I'd be in clown makeup with a green afro. I'd play this game. Yeah. So so there you go. That, th- those are my games. Anybody else have one to throw what? in? <laughs> Jeff is, is like... I'm just wondering why he's recording me. Because you're <laughs> horrified. Because you're next, and I want to hear what you got to say. I got nothing. <laughs> no game for Jeff. Nothing. No game. No. Okay, I I know then what Jeff's game would be. Okay, sure. Now we're gonna open up. Uh, we're gonna write games for one of the other people. What's what's Jeff's game? It's a VR game. Okay. It's called Space Camp. <laughs> 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 and and you start off the game wanting to be an astronaut, and you're really smart in school. And you're very geeky, ah. and you're all good. And then you go to space camp, and your dreams are crushed. 
It's kind of like your game. Uh, sort of. <laughs> no. I, I, I guess you can see the through my, line. My dreams weren't crushed at Space Camp. My dreams were crushed after Space oh, Camp. Oh, there you see, go. See, there it is. It's the well, one card that well, takes you down. That's, that's the unlockable. So is Jeff's game is an expansion camp. of your game. It, it right. was my poor genetics that caused <laughs> Have you guys two, are giving me a sad two <laughs> parents who are practically legally blind. Yeah. So my game for Jeff, so you didn't is, see that coming, is a take. Oh, on. they saw it coming. They just chose not to tell me that. Uh, <laughs> oh no no no! No, this is a true story. Jeff, they didn't see it coming. This is a true Hey-o. story. My mother told me once that uh, when I was You're be special, you do whatever you want in your life. When I was a kid, <laughs> they told, the doctor told my parents that I would be lucky if I made it to kindergarten without glasses because of how poor both of their vision were uh-huh. like my dad is like 2200 uh, i think he was like 2300 or something like that and he was a pilot later. he still yeah. is a pilot <laughs> which airline he has really good vision with his glasses <laughs> okay. but they're coke bottle glasses um, so then based on that, my game for Jeff is called My Poor Genetics. Yeah. And it's based but, yeah. on Cootie. I made it to uh, like 15 and a half and then uh, had to get glasses. And uh, yeah, my my mom drops it on me. And she's like, well, honestly, you made it a lot further than the doctor said you would. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she told me the story. What God didn't give him in eyes, it gave him in dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of his deck builder. <laughs> Nobody can hear you, Kirsten. <laughs> he almost Thank choked. God. <laughs> oh, jeez. If you, if you listen to the Couchman, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. My, my mind would actually be one of those kids' games, one of those like really simple ones where you heck hit a pump, but in this case, it makes a giant dick move higher and higher. This is your game? This is game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? No. We've, we've established my game involves, you know, textual dext- manipulation of fingers. God. <laughs> um, the game I have for Andy is based on those word magnets mm-hmm. that you put on the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's all just random consonants in a, in a stream, no vowels. And it's, it's a- called... What did I say? <laughs> Should be called Word Salad. <laughs> There's already a game called that, so it's already taken. Oh, wow, Andy, you d- oh man, mm-hmm. guys plagiarizing. You sure it's not just called try, try Not to Mumble? Murmur? My game for Todd would be a ball, a board game, and you have like 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 four meeples. And they're different colors. No, not colors. They're they're different people. And um, the the you're trying to get to your home base to be safe. But there are four pieces on the board that look like Todd. <laughs> and when those pieces bump into your pieces, they send you back to start, and you have to start all over again. And the title of the game is hashtag Sorry Not Sorry. <laughs> It sounds a lot like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry can be real fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. So it's sorry with a betrayal element built in is what you're saying. Yeah, sorry, okay. not sorry. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. There you go. Any it, other I'm game just suggestions? <laughs> yeah, everyone else's pieces can like move around each other, but that special Todd piece, that hits you and you're done. It doesn't even have to land on you. If he just rolls past you, you're done. What was the game? And you can the select the die roll. 
The kid, the kids game where there's a big plastic camel with baskets on it, and you loaded stuff into the camel's baskets until it broke. I'm not familiar with this one. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what Matt's game would be, except it'd be breadsticks. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Actually, it'd be Operation Andy. Breadsticks. It, it would be it would be breadstick shaped, but it would have labels like Olive Garden. Streaming services, <laughs> punches from Paulette, <laughs> and you just and you just keep piling them on, and you, it's it's to see how far you go before the camel collapses. <laughs> Was it called Camel Up, Andy? Could be. You got a picture? I'm trying to find a picture. <laughs> trying to find some Camel Up. <laughs> there you go. I, I suspect well, this is going to ruin I only the search see the, I only see the box cover, unfortunately. That is. Mm, I don't know. Let me look. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Matt could also have. Operation. That oh, would, it it. You're right, but oh, you no, but no, you have a, a slider that changes the nature of the game. Oh, so like <laughs> he has U.S. where you have to sit there and you have to do the operation and do. It. But then you have the slider to Canada where the government comes in and does it for you. Oh, okay, yes, and it, they they take care of it while you don't have to you know worry about anything. Uh, the game I have for Matt is a take on Pin the Tail on the Donkey, where it's a large empty room, and the person is blindfolded and put in the empty room. There's multiple people blindfolded all at the same time, and then there's one pile of human shit in the room, and whoever steps on that shit loses. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know who stepped in it until Matt goes... You gotta go, you gotta go! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The game is called Don't Break the Camel's Back. Oh, no, it's called The Last Straw. (laughs) What? It It looks like it's got two different names. He read the tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Break the Camel's Back. Or what was the other one? The last straw. <laughs> he just killed Torgo. Don't break the camel's back. He no way, the last just killed straw. Torgo. No. Oh I think I think you're right. I think I was reading the tagline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie was called Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far, Far Away. <laughs> this is way in Star Wars. That's <laughs> an awfully wordy title. Well, <laughs> the title. This is horrific. <laughs> oh, that movie was great. What's it called? In space, no one can hear you scream. Check <laughs> out the, the camel back breaking image on the bottom panel. The last straw. Bam. Oh my god, that's that's kind of horrific. <laughs> that's what it said. You know what I saw on Target the other day? What's that? Rock'em Sock'em Robots. They're back. Yeah. They never truly. You know they have been the one in Fandom Bar. Yeah, I I've stayed at a I stayed at a Hilton uh, hotel called True, T R U. Okay. And like when you walk in, they have uh, in the lobby area, they have like all kinds of like casual games and stuff like they had some board games that you could pull out and play they had a pool table and they had rock'em sock'em robots sitting over there that you could play why hasn't that like it has that ever been licensed out as a as a fight game on video why hasn't that happened it was licensed out as a movie and then it got the name got changed i think didn't dave and busters have like a giant version of that okay yeah some of them do have that uh as far as like a video game, are you yeah. referring to? I think a video game was done, and my understanding, if I remember right, didn't get very good reviews. But I Aww. think a video game was done back in the PlayStation era. That's original that, PlayStation. They should they should do that, and and you can unlock upgrades and upgrade your robot and and just yeah. 
Oh, well. Yeah. Or you could play Punch-Out. There you go. Little Mac. Licensing, Cargo. Oh, okay. Licensing. IP. That's the future. Oh, I see. I see. I see what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> see, that's another really? breadstick you can put in uh, <laughs> Matt's camel bag. Matt's camel bag. That'll be the title Matt's of it. Matt's camel bag. Wow. <laughs> No, it no, was no, a no, spitting no. Camel Matt's, game. Matt's fanny pack. It'd be like Better. a, re- it'd be like a reverse game of of operation where you have to keep putting breadsticks on the board until the the light buzzes and you have to take him to the hospital. Yeah. There you go. No, no. Andy has to take him. To oh, the right, hospital. right. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do. Any other game suggestions, gentlemen? Those were good. I liked those. That was, that was fun. Thank you, Pat, for writing in for those, with those questions. Uh, we got to move on, though, uh, because I don't want it to be like last week, where it's just a whole bunch of news you don't give a shit about, and then I'm sad at the uh, end of the show. Yeah. So, so we, let's go ahead and do some news you don't give a shit about. Yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he's so buried in his phone right now. He he's didn't looking even hear. up camel board games now. Well, they're they're not- available on eBay. They're like twenty and thirty bucks. You can get a copy of the Last Straw. You see, this is kind of how Paint Your Minis is yeah. played. It's like, well, he is in the Paul chair, so no. yeah. I want a camel game. Well, at least he's not playing a soundboard on his phone right now. Yes. Yes. John yes. Cena! Yes. You know what? No, no, no. You know what? Because it would have been like, here's some sounds various camels make. <laughs> <laughs> here's the audio of the of the commercial. Well, that means oh. you have to tell your your camel story now, Todd, from when you were in Egypt. Oh, once I rode a camel in Egypt. Wow! Who's really give a shit about? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you gotta have the video Honestly, first. Honestly, I don't remember what, what you're referring to. <laughs> you don't remember you don't. a camel? All right, well, no, what? I guess. Uh, I guess Summer I at camel camp? I mean, there's there's, there's the. We take there's, the camel into town to meet the prostitutes. There's the yeah. time my father almost yeah. fell off, and I, I honestly don't remember what you're referring to. Oh, well, it was when you were in Egypt. I just, I, I, remember. I remember the part about your father, but I also remember the part about you saying that, like, the camel was, like, kept trying to run too fast to get ahead of the pack or something like that. Oh, yeah. I had a, a very fast camel that wanted to do its own thing. Yeah. Which but, is. But you, you, your, your storytelling of it was much more elaborate probably, and humorous, which probably, is Probably. And has completely left my left brain, brain wow. forever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, that's, That's why I keep Jeff around. He's he's, he's my biographer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that story was the last straw. Stop and the it. sad thing Stop is, it. I'm the one with Alzheimer's in my Joke family. I'm gonna get straw. I'm gonna get to be in my fifties, and I will be forgetting all this shit. You'll be like, Jeff, don't you remember this? Jeff, huh? You are in your fifties. No, dum, I'm not. You'd be like, at that point, you'd be like, who's Jeff? Sorry. <laughs> You've forgotten. Oh, oh, oh is that what it is? Oh, yeah. oh I see oh. what you're doing. That 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 one's in the delivery, Andy, and <laughs> yeah, um, and that one was stillborn. I mean, I mean, the concept was there. So basically, what you did is what you 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 I did snuck tell, up and you broke his back. <laughs> I, I did start to tell a joke at Scoop Fest and said, "Wait, wait, let me tell this uh, to uh, Professor Biggs first and have him tell it. That'll be better." <laughs> yeah. There you go. News you don't give a shit about. Basketball player LeBron James' entertainment company is called Spring Hill Entertainment. Spring Hill Entertainment is in talks with producer Roy Lee's Vertigo Entertainment to revive Friday the 13th for a reboot. 
The report from Deadline Hollywood acknowledges the current success of Halloween in particular, noting that studios' attitudes toward horror, quote, are now changing in Hollywood with recent success of Halloween, unquote. Uh, though Paramount Pictures halted a Friday the 13th remake just last year, but that's because extra details. Uh, details on the Friday the 13th talks are still light and reportedly revolve around early meetings between potential writers and directors. Screenwriter Victor Miller reportedly regained the rights to the movie under reclamation provisions of the Copyright Act in 1976, quote, and took the project to Vertigo and Spring Hill so that they could move it through Warner Brothers, unquote. The report notes. Jacob was trying to explain this to me where the writer owns certain characters, but somebody else owns the rights to make the movies. Uh, the, the argument is that the writer owns the original Friday the 13th, which makes he owns the rights to Pamela Voorhees as the killer. But Jason as a killer was not until the second one. So he doesn't own the rights to Jason Voorhees hockey mask. Yeah, that that iteration. He has the rights to Jason as the child, but not Jason as. The wow. I have not heard player. a finishing to this story we talked yeah, it was about still kind of go ongoing right but i have heard a lot of rumblings that a settlement is imminent for this so whatever it is is almost done so that's that would explain why talks are happening uh spring hill entertainment already has a handful of mostly sports themed tv projects under its belt as well as the feature-length showtime documentary i am giant victor cruz the company is branching out a bit with its current roster of in-development TV projects, including a comedy called White Dave, an inner-city school drama called Lean on Me. Hey, I've heard of that. Mm. Uh, Warner Brothers is also reportedly eyeing Mr. James for the lead role in Space Jam 2. So, yeah, Friday the 13th. I expect it'll reboot eventually. Jason be coming out with a Lakers jersey on? Yes. <laughs> yes, and a Lakers mask. Wait, <laughs> it'll be like Wait. Scotty Pippen type. Doesn't yeah. doesn't the whole thing like run around a lake? What? I'm sorry. Doesn't is there a lake involved in the thing? No, Crystal yeah. Lake. Yes, Crystal Lake. Yeah, see, that's already a Laker connection the Laker. right there. Oh, okay, <sighs> Crystal wow. Lake. Laker. Uh, yeah. How do you? Okay. No, it's. Uh, <clears throat> you deal with this all the time. Uh, not really. He he doesn't talk much at home. <laughs> he comes here and he lets it all out. Well, he's he's in and out of the house all the time, so you he guys don't have time out. to talk, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. he's like, I'm home and I'm off to the next thing. <laughs> Andy talking at home is. Hey, but I've almost got my eyeball paid off. So, <laughs> yay! This, this left eye is almost mine. Awesome! Oh, wow, that's good news. Mano like Manischewitz. Uh, oh, I just want to quickly say. Uh, I remember when James went, he went right out of high school into the NBA, right? Uh, yep, that is correct. And I remember thinking, God, that you go to fucking college, you know? Uh, Jesus Christ, what kind of ego is that and all this stuff? <laughs> and here it is decades later, and I like, the only time I hear about James when it's off the court is when he's opening educational facilities and financing scholarships and building homes and whatever the fuck he's doing. So don't stay in school, kids. Go to school. What? You know, so he he just, it's like, he, he's, it sounds like he's a, a 
good guy who fucking yeah. is really putting his money to an incredible use and really using his wealth nicely after using his talent to get that wealth. So hats off to him. I, I, I was I was always, you know, King James. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, you know, the fucking Cleveland. Really? Cleveland? Really? But, Adopt. I mean, he's he's... I think that yeah, I don't you know, know how you can live in Cleveland. In, in terms of, of being a human <laughs> being, too. he's really he's really kicking ass. Milwaukee too. Yeah, you know, I think so. Here's my hope for Friday the Thirteenth when they do reboot it, because it was rebooted once already. Yeah, and, and it was not good. <laughs> and I think the mistake they made with that reboot because it was during the gritty reboot phase of the yeah. aughts, uh, where where the Texas Chainsaw Massacre do alt gritty nasty er. And they did the same thing with Friday the 13th. And when you make it as realistic as you can to make it, they wanted that to make it as terrifyingly real as they could, that adds certain elements of realism that I never felt in the original Friday the 13th. And that's, and, and I'm talking about the whole series. Yeah. Because yeah. it has a camp factor in those original films. Right. Camp that Crystal is missing. Lake. That's I knew you, you almost have to make it like outrageous, ridiculous, like nobody would ever die this way, but you know it's like you take a simple hatchet and you take it to the nth degree. you that, can't make it too realistic, yeah, you can't make it saw esque because the thing that and it and there's the camp factor is the only reason that this never entered my brain in the whole original Friday the 13th canon and then the reboot it did is that, oh, Jason is a smelly hillbilly. He can't sneak up on anybody. Right. Because he is a cloud of stink. Yep. And that never entered my brain in the default 13th because it wasn't real enough to for him to have a stink. I never saw this reboot. They're like, what's that smell? And then he's right there. No, they didn't. They just ignored the fact, but they also made it very clear that he is a dude that lives in the woods and has lived in the woods for ages and is now coming after these people and he doesn't bathe because he's a dirty shit. And in later episodes, he's actually starting to <clears throat> decay um, right, you know he's. Yeah, he's he, you can see his backbone right. and, and shit. And even it, then, I'm not not like. Oh, it probably stinks. Um, yeah, no. But in this one, it was like, oh, he's gonna be a smelly hillbilly. And That's so when funny. he's hiding behind doors in an enclosed bathroom and no one knows he's there, I'm like, no, you already made the fact that he's gonna be a stinky shit. That's uh, <laughs> that's actually a, a really good point. So okay. I'm hoping they don't take the reboot too serious. See, that's why I I personally think that the Freddy versus Jason movie worked is because they got all that yes! goofball worked in but didn't make it so corny that you're just like oh Jesus and you want to walk out of the theater it was entertaining enough that you're like oh this is like a really awesome homage to the original films in this series mashed up together one. in the best way possible sure Friday, the, my favorite Friday the Thirteenth is a is a lot of people's not favorite, and that's oh, Part Seven. Friday, the, uh, Jason meets Carrie. That is one of my f favorite horror movies of all time. It's goofy. Did you make that awesome. up? No. Wow. Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven is Jason versus a psychokinetic. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Is it really Carrie or no? They, okay. But no. that's basically. Okay. The powers of Carrie. And he gets a shit beat, doesn't he, in that one? Oh, yeah. Remember. He yeah. gets psychically torn down, yeah. Jack. Yeah. But he still survives it, too, right? Of course he like, does, because he's like, friggin' Jason. Yeah. And it's Kane Hodder's best performance as Jason. But, uh, 
Yeah, fight me, Jake. I don't know. I like, I like Jason X. <laughs> I love Jason, Jason X. Jason X is awesome. I thought you were going to say Jason X. I love you Jason, Jason X. Jason X is awesome. I love that, it. That's camp to the nth degree. Yeah. It's one of the few instances I can think of where intentional camp works. Because usually if you're making something intentionally campy, it doesn't turn out all that great. But boy, it did in that one. That yeah. one, it's... Mostly because it's beyond camp and more satire of itself. But Jason oh. X is so much fun. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Oh, oh wait. Uh, I'm going to. got to stop talking, Jason. Shake it I'm, off. I'm, shake I'm it off. Starting to get a Jeff size erection. News you don't give a shit about. Wow. <laughs> Did you hit the little pump a bunch of times? <laughs> People pass out from that. All the blood drains from your head. Oh, oh I've lightheaded. Oof. News you don't give a shit about. That's enough baby. That's a baby's worth of blood right there. <laughs> oh yeah, and you talk about babies when erections are meant to. Jeez. All right. It's so Matt's NSA. Andy's going to be taken away by the FBI. <laughs> we'll see you at the library show, folks. News <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a shit about. Can the clown come to the library show? As long the clown. That clown. Oh, oh, the 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 cute, sweet uh, Cabbage yeah. Patch Kids, Twisty the Clown. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that needs to like sit on the desk in front of us. I have to ask my wife and be matched. It's one of her treasures. Oh god! Give it a Canadian flag. Then you can't have any liquid within ten feet of you. <laughs> I'm just gonna stack the cups all up like I did at Scoop Fest. Ah. Uh. News you don't give a shit about streaming your favorite anime shows and movies may have just gotten a little harder. Funimation. Good. <laughs> Funimation and Crunchyroll have decided to go their separate ways after about two years. Ongoing simulcasts will continue to air on Crunchyroll, despite the fact that the companies are breaking up on November 9th, 2018. I just found out about Crunchyroll and it's already broken. Right? Here's a statement from Crunchyroll. As many of you know, we have had an ongoing partnership with Funimation the last two years, sharing anime between users. Unfortunately, Funimation has decided to go their own separate way, and this partnership will be winding down on Friday, November 9th. For our Crunchyroll community, this means that you'll be able to access the biggest anime library in the world. However, a list of select catalog titles licensed via Funimation will be leaving. Like? Uh, likewise, the Funimation catalog will also be impacted. That list is currently being finalized between both parties, and we will share impacted titles with you as available. Unquote. Uh, Variety reports that not only is their partnership ending, but Funimation will no longer be available on AT&T's VRV service as well. Because Funimation is starting around the streaming service? Uh, that's, the, that's the thing. They both have their own streaming service. There is a Funimation service. I think they're just trying to compartmentalize a little more. Mm. Make it so that why go to Crunchyroll and we get a small percentage, we can come to Funimation we get a larger percentage. That's what I think, anyway. Do you get your your, your crazy person's streaming uh, service uh, wall started yet with the yarn and uh, pictures and? Uh... Just looking at Jeff. Oh. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he's completely lost. <laughs> <laughs> you were down with this? Why the the crazy person wall with the the streaming service like the crazy? Oh, you're talking about yarn. yarn? Yeah, the yarn. I said yarn. I said yarn. Did you? I did. <laughs> 
I think I was laughing at that I, point. I just you mean was more like a like a crazy cop where it's like yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, Who's this guy? The conspiracy yes. link up. Yes. Yes. That just sounds okay. like something that Torgoshack would actually be involved <laughs> in rather than than OS8 Jeff. Yeah, whose game yeah. whose game is pins and yarn? Andy's or Jeff's? Oh wow. Actually, no. It's Paul's. Yeah, it's Paul's. <laughs> it's Paul's. Pins and yarn. Pins and yarn. <laughs> Right. I'm just there's a certain number of conspiracies that would have to be involved yeah, yeah. into it. You I'm just a character in that game that trips over the yarn and you have to reset. And it, it, <laughs> yeah, the, because every time you grab a random news item and then you pin it and then you got to get some yarn and figure out how it connects to all the so, others. To the other news items you've already pinned up. Yeah. yeah. Guys, this, that's, a, that's, okay. that's a real game. This, this actually this could be a game. <laughs> TM, folks. <laughs> or if you develop it, just give us a percentage. News you don't give a shit about. Cats is bringing Andrew Lloyd Webber's popular felines to the big screen next year. Uh, that's the musical Cats. Oh, you don't know this. And now they've got their villain. Okay. Maybe you didn't know Cats had a villain. Idris Elba is locking down a deal to play McCavity in Tom Hooper's adaptation. It's a riff on Sherlock's Moriarty, a.k.a. the Napoleon <laughs> of Crime, is at odds with the Jellicles. Is oh, that really God. part of the... I, I've never seen Cats. Is that really part of the plot? It is for... Nobody has seen Cats. <laughs> I have seen Cats. How did Cats. that thing run for so many years and nobody knows anything about yeah, it? 21 years. Too. I can I've tell you too. why. And I, I'll get to that. But first, let me explain a, right, a little bit about ahead. this. Uh, so, McCavity is at odds with the Jellicles, kidnapping their leader, Old Deuteronomy, at one point. He also makes a move on taking Demeter who has a song about him with Bombularia called McCavity the Mystery Cat. Uh, these other cats uh, could be played by a cast already, including Taylor Swift, Jennifer Hudson, Ian McKellen, James Corden, Laurie Davidson, Met uh, Towley, and Judy Dench. Is this going to be live action wow. or animated? I'm pretty sure it's live action. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I've seen All cats a right. long time ago. You saw Did you really? Yeah, I have. Uh, Matt, I would like you to no, explain the I don't plot much of, of it. Cats. I don't remember much of it, <laughs> but I did go see it at Kodak Theater downtown Toronto. Uh, there was a time when MTV would would had a one video video they'd play from Cats. They had, they had a, was it Memory? No, it was Rum Tum Tugger. Uh, he's a curious cat. Yes. See, yeah. I thought you were gonna say Gloria Estefan's Bad Boys, which <laughs> that had all the cats in it from the goddamn. Uh, Broadway. I, and if I, I'm remembering right, the same guy that played Rum Tum Tugger is the guy that. Uh, Rum Tum Tugger. Uh, it's a curious cat. Yeah. I love it. Rum Tum Tugger. Is the same uh, um, the same guy that played uh, Jesus Christ Superstar when the Jesus Christ Superstar was a hit? Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember with cats when they had that uh, smoking society don't smoke ad in the 80s. Do you remember that? No. Oh. Nope. Oh, that was a that was a thing. I gotta take a mark. That might in introduce the show. Oh dear. When you were reading that, Todd, with all our talk about slasher movies, and you said direct, director Tom Hooper, I I visualized Toby, Toby Hooper, Hooper <laughs> and 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 just about <laughs> died. That would be amazing. That, <laughs> could, oh my God! Could could you imagine? director of of uh, Leatherface, yeah. uh, Texas Chainsaw Texas. Massacre, and the second director to Poltergeist. Yes, he yeah. should direct Cats. 
Yes, she could. I, I'm, okay, I saw Cats. I like Cats. I liked it too. I just don't remember what happened. Like, uh, it's <laughs> probably the second uh, professional theater Broadway-style show I'd ever seen as a kid. And it is, and I think it's one of the people, it's very kinetic. It's very bright and colorful. It's very 80s. I remember the that. music yeah. is very jovial, and the dancing oh. is off the hook. There's barely a plot. In fact, this whole bad guy thing happens in the second act and takes about two to three songs to completely complete when he tries to capture Deuteronomy by dropping a debt on him, and then the other cats fight him off and... Well, it it's based on a book of poems. Yes, right? yes, it is. Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. That's the one from which I own. T. S. Eliot. Yeah, there you go. If I could explain the plot of Cats, the best I can is the Jellicles is kind of like a a street gang of cats. They're like the Sharks and the Jets. All I right? remember that. Yeah. All right. So the Jellicles is a street gang of cats. They get together every year to vote and decide who transcends to be reborn as a new cat with a new life. Part of the whole nine lives thing. Sure. So all the cats are saying why they should be the one to be transcendent. And there's one cat, I think her name is Griselda, uh, who is old and decrepit, can't dance all that well anymore. Midnight. And she's... And yeah, and she's falling. Awesome and no one likes her because she's a stinky, stinky Jason Voorhees. All right, <laughs> alley cat, stinky alley cat, right. whoever it is. Yeah, and so, but everybody wants to be a cat. She tries to make her case. No one says, Bleh. and then that's like she sings like half a memory. And then the second act happens, and then there's the whole little attack thing that happens in the middle of it while everyone else Spoiler. is. It's <laughs> and. <laughs> And then at the end, it's she makes her case again, and everyone agrees. And she go and Deuteronomy takes her up to the floating tire, and the floating tire takes her up to her next life to be reborn. Oh, that's the story of cats. Add a lot of weird names, and a lot of dancing, and yeah. Broadway style music, poetry oh, rap. Yeah, kind of sounds Yonsville. Uh. Story-wise, it is, and I have no idea how they're going to do this movie. Dude, it's pure spectacle. That's it. It, that, it really is 80s spectacle. Just, and, and not only just 80s spectacle, it's 80s stage spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to have that full vision of a stage in front of you mm -hmm. to see how it all choreographs. Sure. When you're talking tight camera moves and wide and close shots, I don't know how this movie's going to work. Well, you did say oh. the stage is Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? This is an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, they it's did it with all I mean, eighties stage spectacle. They did it with Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, that was. But Jesus Christ Superstar has a story. Yeah, it, it has good guys and bad guys and a arc. This is a bunch of cats introducing themselves to the audience for about an hour and a half. Don't don't discount the crazy cat lady vote. And this this is the. This is the same director that brought us Les Miserables, so okay. he has musical experience, yeah. sure. but Les Miserables has a beginning, middle, and end plot. So That was good. So I, I'm super curious. I am Rum Tum Tugger. Curious as a cat? Yes, I'm fully Rum Tum Tugger in this. I, want, I need to know. I, I, I am. Is this going to be a rumple teaser? 
Mm. I don't know. I, I, I'll wait for the Toby Huber <laughs> version. <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Oh, there's still more. Uh, Netflix. Next. Next. Uh, Nick, 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 Netflix. 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 There you go. Nick Netflix. 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 Netflix has announced that Marvel's Luke Cage will not be back for a third season. This is the second of four standalone Marvel series to be canceled this last week, joining Marvel's Iron Fist. Like Iron Fist, Luke Cage was part of a quartet of Marvel series greenlit by the streaming service in 2013, which also includes Jessica Jones and Daredevil. According to Deadline and The Hollywood Reporter, they lay out the following timeline. Star Mike Coulter was under contract. Showrunner Chio Hadari uh, Coker and his team had created much of the plot outlined for season three already when the delivery of more detailed drafts to Marvel and Netflix caused problems. After taking and incorporating notes from both companies, the team delivered scripts that some executives took issue with, leading to creative differences not between members of the writing room, but the room and the two corporate entities which each other that they serve. After paring down the third season from 13 episode order down to 10 back in September, the logistics of the show were in flux. Apparently this led to calls for changes in the creative head of the show, which split Netflix and Marvel along irreconcilable lines for Luke Cage. And since no deal could be struck, the show was canceled, taking the Marvel Netflix catalog down just a few uh, signaling perhaps a shift in strategy for both companies as Netflix produces more and more content, which they own in its entirety, and Disney aiming to begin its own streaming service. Sucks, but I mean, somebody posted that they could just be lining themselves up to do Heroes for Hire. I don't think that's really... I, that, no, I don't think it's happening <clears throat> Not with that explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I mean, until until we knew what was going on. Sure. And this is being reported by both Hollywood Reporter and Variety. It, that's, oh, n- mm. no Latino review? Or Vulture this time, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that actually... Because it was sort of like, why in the fuck did that one fall? I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but that's actually an incredibly reasonable, believable story. Yeah. And sad. Tis yes. a sad. But apparently we don't give a shit about it. Uh, it's sad news. Oh. Well, now you're getting confused How by long it. it took him to start Luke Cage? He yeah. doesn't care. Toro does not That's care. That's true. He doesn't. You're the reason they canceled Luke Cage. Still haven't Now I don't have it. a reason. That's what? that's true. It's it, that's true. He's got a point. I have no reason I to invest. Because I haven't watched second season. I'm not gonna. Yeah, didn't no. see it. No reason to invest <laughs> myself. It's a, it's a done story. Weekend geek. Yay! Oh, the show's almost done. Uh, what's your weekend geek? Write to us. <laughs> <laughs> I do find it amusing. They did announce that on the same day that that uh, Daredevil season three dropped. So that was pretty amusing. Ah yes, and I hear that's pretty decent season three. Guillermo del Toro will direct his junior. Long- Sorry, that's good. That's good. Hey man, shut up. So that's, that's that's some in jokes for the uh, the people who were there for that's a the future couchman. in joke. You'll get that in a second. That's listen. a couchman joke. Uh, yeah. uh, there I am. Uh, Del Toro <laughs> will direct his long gestating Pinocchio project for Netflix. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Production is expected to take place this fall. Quote: 
No art form has influenced my life and my work more than animation, and no single character in history has had a deep personal connection to me as Pinocchio, said Del Toro in a statement. I should have you read this, Andy. Wow. In our story, Pinocchio is you want, in, me, you want me to? No. Well, come on. <laughs> no, we, we're towards the end. We're running out of space. In, in our story, Pinocchio is an innocent soul with oh, an man. uncaring father who gets lost in a world because he... A world he cannot comprehend. Maybe you should read this. Whenever I think minutes. of Pinocchio, I think of the robot chicken skit. Where uh, what's the name of the guy who makes Pinocchio? Geppetto. Geppetto. Okay, he's got his. He's bent over with his pants down. Pinocchio's got his face, and he's like, "Okay, you can tell a lie. Go ahead." Because he wants his nose to go up his ass. You oh, that robot chicken. Episode? You see, man. Oh, <laughs> oh. I didn't yeah. get it until that moment. Oh. Tell a lie, you little prick. Andy knows. Continuing the quote, he embarks on an extraordinary journey that leaves him with a deep understanding of his father and the real world. Deep? Get it, Matt? Deep? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now this is yeah. this is freaking ruined. Comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean ruined? Now it's dark and gross. <laughs> As opposed to what, the rest of the show? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> what podcast have you been listening to? <laughs> Shock, dark and gross. So you're saying that's a straw that brought the camel's back? There's another T-shirt. Make sure you trademark that. Yeah, uh, TM, cursive. folks. Uh, continuing the quote, I've wanted to make this movie for as long as I can remember, unquote. As long. <laughs> wanted. <laughs> gross. Similar to Pan's Labyrinth, Del Toro's film will be set during the prominence of fascism in 1930s Italy when Benito Mussolini was running the country. Excuse me. That was coming. The movie, told in stop motion, will require the help of Jim Henson Company. Cool. As well as Shadow Machine, who does BoJack Horseman. Uh, Patrick McHale, who did Over the Garden Wall, is co-writing the script, while Mark Gustafson, who did Fantastic Mr. Fox, takes up the post of co-director. Uh, McKinnon and Saunders, the company responsible for Tim Burton's Corpse Bride, has been tapped to build the puppets. That's great. I'm on yeah. board. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shenanigans I, aside, that sounds like a lot of fun. Guillermo del Toro doing Pinocchio. Well, it, I, in, I, in 30s uh, Italy. I was wow. I was lukewarm until you read those last two sentences. Then it's like, yeah, shit. That's great. Man. Right? Whenever all these people on board, the Henson machine and yeah. the corpse bride people, come on. Sorry, Matt. No, uh, none of the robot chicken crew is... Uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, Shadow Machine <laughs> is a uh, co-producer of Robot Chicken. Oh, oh, there we go. Shadow okay. Machine Which film. is why you were supposed to be doing the conspiracy wall, because you know all that shit. Yeah. You know who owns who and what and what's what. So it's like, like, that's an hour this? and a half of Geppetto going, did you take the bananas? Did you take the bananas, Pinocchio? <laughs> After nearly 50 years with Sesame Street, Carol Spinney, the puppeteer and voice of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, is retiring. Spinney has been with the program since its inception in 1969. Damn. Wow. Quote, Big Bird brought me so many places, opened my mind, and nurtured my soul, said Spinney in an official statement. And I plan to be an ambassador for Sesame Workshop for many years to come. After all, we're a family. And now it's time for two performers that I have worked with and respected and actually hand-picked for the guardianship of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch to take my alter egos into their hands and continue to give them life. Unquote. 
when he took the job in the late 60s, Spinney was working for the Bozo the Clown show, uh, which he once admitted paid better than Sesame Street. However, he left that gig because he really wanted to work with Jim Henson. Spinney was also the subject of a 2014 documentary, I Am Big Bird, The Carol Spinney Story, which explored his long-running tenure on the kid-friendly franchise. I've always wanted to watch that documentary. I still haven't. The 49th season of Sesame Street is set to premiere on November 17th. According to the Sesame Street website, the roles of Big Bird and Oscar will be handled by Matt Vogel, current voice of Kermit and Count Von Count, and Eric Jacobson, current voice of Grover, Bert, Guy Smiley, Fozzie Bear, and Miss Piggy, respectively. In a related story, Kirsten Sapansky just found out that Carol Spinney is a guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you're not the only one. Cause I was thinking yeah. that too. Yeah, but I didn't say anything, so I'm yeah. glad you did. When 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 you said Oscar the Grouch, I was like, <laughs> she did that. <laughs> Shit, That's, that makes two of us on this show. I was like, what? Decades. Yeah. I almost, thought Carol, it's almost as long as that Carol Connor was a man. Uh, well, the <laughs> I don't know the spelling or maybe the fact that I saw him. Oh, that's it. You know. Um, yeah. 50 years is a long time to walk around with arms straight up. Yes. That, yes that, it is. that big bird costume is a pain in the ass to operate. And he's done it for pain ages. in the shoulder, really. Yeah. yeah. I'm amazed a man of his age is still doing it. Well, he isn't any, yeah, anymore. Well, he stopped, yeah. but well I mean, it certainly was... wasn't a woman. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, why do you want Pinocchio to lie? Write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Confused K. Fact check Dandy. Maple Leaf and Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in, ga- in Geek. Uh, <laughs> next week in Game. Wow. Next week in, game. in game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, sh- you yeah. should finish the show with the uh, the Pat theme from Saturday Night Live. It's <laughs> <laughs> time for Endogeny. Here oh, comes God. Carol. <laughs> I was so looking forward to... Uh, oh, never mind. Who wants to join me in a game of paint those minis, huh? Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, fire up oh, the YouTube. You got me all excited. You said game. I thought we were going to finally well, break out the uh, Jackbox games again. They released a Jackbox 5. Oh, new games. damn it. There's brand new I games. I love the Jackbox 5. Oh, yeah. yeah they, 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 I, I want you back. That's, that's yeah, amazing. There you go. I, I want your mm-hmm. back. A, B, C. Yeah. One, two, three. Always be closing. Yep. What? And there isn't any need for me to spout it. For we will do as he did do. And there's no doing anything about 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 it